I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hej och välkomna ska ni vara till Vinpratarna avsnitt 95. Idag ska ni få hänga med och träffa Teresa Breuer från vinproducenten Georg Breuer i Tyskland. Teresa var på besök här i Stockholm för bara ett par dagar sedan och jag fick möjlighet att träffa henne då och sitta och snacka lite. Hon är, ja, förutom att Georg Breuer tycker jag gör fantastiska viner så är Teresa själv också en intressant Person. Hon slängdes in i, i vinmakningen bara som, som 20-åring när hennes far plötsligt hastigt och oväntat gick bort 2004. Och nu är hon, och sen dess har hon varit Jerry Breuers ansikte utåt och också den som, som leder, som har ytterst ansvaret för, för vinproduktionen. Mycket, mycket intakt människa och skicklig vinmakerska. Ja, nog snackat. Nu tar vi oss vidare till... Teresa Breuer. So, um, welcome Teresa Breuer to uh, Sweden and to uh, Vinpratarna. Thank you. Really nice, it's an honor to have you here. Um, you're in Sweden now uh, uh, showing new vintages? Yes, yeah? correct, new in vintage of... Two, the f- 14. Yeah, 14 of our top wines, yeah. uh, but also the already... F- 15 basic wines that yeah. we have bottled just recently. Interesting. I'm going to taste it because I missed the lunch, but I'm going to taste it afterwards <laughs> here in, in, the, in the kitchen. Yeah, we have some leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so a huge bottle. Uh, but can you tell us, um, tell the listeners briefly about the history of, of the wine house, Georg Breuer? Yes, well, yeah. sure. Well, Georg was my grandfather, but I'm actually the fourth generation of our family running the winery, which is located in Rüdesheim, so in the, well touristic heart of the Rheingau region and um, we've been like making Riesling like since four generations but with a different like approach to it when my grandfather great-grandfather started we were more like a wine merchant company so it was a lot of like buying in of bulk wines blending it together bringing it back into the market into under different brand names um, but luckily it changed a lot mm. um, especially the second world war helped um, in a way um, because it was was tough to to do trading in those days and um, we were lucky that our winery wasn't destroyed my grandfather came back home um, of 
from the war a little bit earlier, so he was actually able to to work at home. And um, from from this period on, the focus on the own wine production was like growing. Uh-huh. And um, we uh, we started, or my grandfather started to to just like raise the quality level and bring a bit more like individuality to to the wines. And um, that was. Like what my father continued in a maybe a bit more extreme way, he stopped all the side trading, all different like brands and um, bigger production projects, and just focused on own vineyards, own wines, and and the purity of um, the strengths of the region of Riesling and yeah. a little bit of Pinot Noir, and also of the like purity of the the terroir that we have there. And um, well, he passed away in two thousand four, and since twelve years now, I'm um, well happy to continue and just try to like save what yeah. uh, what we get offered with every yeah. vintage. But how how big is the the, the how many hectares do you we have? have Thirty four hectares, mm-hmm. um, which is for a family winery on the bigger side for our region. Um, most of it in Rüdesheim, twenty seven hectares in Rüdesheim, but also seven hectares in Rauntal. And 85% is planted with Riesling. And then we okay. have a little bit of Pinot Noir, 10%. And uh, Pinot Gris and some historical varieties we play around with a little bit. Okay, like? Like Hoynish and Orléans. Okay, yeah, interesting. Special do you do stuff. anything with it? Do you produce wine? wine? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but on, a, on a commercial scale? Or uh, well, just, uh, we sell it. Um, <laughs> but maybe it's better to say we share it, kind of, uh, um, yeah. of the Orléans, which is a variety that we uh, figured out was traditional in the region about 350, 400 years ago. Mm. Um, we do one small barrel and Hoynish, um, which is known as one of the parents of Riesling, um, we do 180, 100, 200 bottles. Mm, Easy. Okay. So it's really, yeah, yeah. For, for lovers and freaks. Yeah, yeah, for fun. <laughs> But since you 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 were grown you were born into to the to the wine industry sort of but was it always did you enjoy it or also as a kid did you know that someday you're gonna continue the traditional making wine or was it was it well, did, my, you, did my, you have my, other plans <laughs> early on? Yeah, of course, I wanted to be a ballet dancer as well and an architect <laughs> and all these dreams. No, but my parents were very like smart. Um, in, in the way how they got um, me like connected. Um, the first step, we have um, two family businesses now, a family. So my, my mom has her own hotel and restaurant connected to her side of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to the fact that there were like two family um, businesses, um, nobody was like pushing to any direction because it wouldn't be fair for the other one. No. Um, and I have an older sister and she uh, decided very early to become a ballet dancer. So okay. she actually made her dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she she left Rüdesheim um, in teenage age to go to a ballet boarding school. So she got like all opportunities to do whatever she wanted. And my parents were fair enough to, um, well, gave me the same feeling that there's like no pressure, that somebody has to continue. And mm. it was quite, um, well, really cl- very like open-minded and free. And they were, um, yeah, they were very like open. Um, and... Because we're on well, the the winery on my father's side, it's um, it's not a small small winery. We have employees, we have fifteen people working with mm-hmm. us all year round. Um, it's not that it's like necessary that the kids jump in every afternoon no, or every no, Saturday. No. So it was never this like oh, I have to work in the winery. I, I was straight uh, home from school. And yes, down in the winery. yeah. No, so no, no. so it was it was never like that. It was always an option to work. It mm-hmm. was always nice to like just gain some extra money, and mm-hmm. that was always. 
always good. And um, I was always helping during harvest because that's just so natural. And it's not like I have to. It, it just like if you're born there, it's like part of it. Yeah. Um, so it was a very like smart um, way of like creating an interest um, without like any pressure. Oh. So um, no, I was never. And when my father passed away in 04, I was 20. And everybody from my family was actually like trying to send me away and mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, discover the world and come back whenever you think you, you're like ready for it. But but um, I actually w- wanted to be home, and um, I felt so home. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but by then, by '04, when you, you you sort of took over the mm-hmm. the, the, the charge of the company, uh, had you studied any like well, none, what, vinification and stuff yeah. like that on a on a professional scale? Or just, had you you you'd learned from 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 your parents, sort of. Or, well, in that moment, I um, just quit another like way education that I started, where I was not really happy with. What was uh, that? Um, oh, just like boring uh, tourist um, tourist office oh. organization kind of stuff. So my mom was happy with that because of the hotel and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I was not really home there, so I quit that and. Um, well, I wasn't. Uh, when I started, when my father passed away, it was like all of a sudden nobody was really like. Um, well, it was like really in the night from one day to the other. Mm. So um, I just started working, helping, learning in our own winery. But um, due to the fact that Geisenheim, um, with the most important university of winemaking, is our neighbor village, oh. um, it was very very easy to just combine studying and the, the real life at home. So uh, in '04, I I study. I started to to study in national wine business which is a mixture of like classic viticulture but mm-hmm. analogy and also marketing and and e- economics yeah so it was a it was a good mix of everything and um i did that like in the first two and a half years of my like time in, in the winery and i just did one one vintage in another winery because um well um <laughs> there was always work at home so yeah. there was not that many options just <laughs> to like go but i did one vintage in australia because timing wise oh, okay. that it's quite it's it's good. It's yeah, yeah, like exactly. in February, so yeah. there's not that much to do in, in our winery. So I did one just one vintage in Australia, and that was it. So where, um, in, where in, in the Clare Valley, also okay. like okay. focusing on Riesling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that um, that was um, a very good experience. And uh, beside that, I was home. home, oh, was, home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. But so so. Uh, 2005 was your, your your first vintage, is that correct then? Or, uh, well, the, my father it? passed away in May of four, so the first so really um, blending we did in with the vintage 03. Oh. Um, the first vintage was 04, which I don't remember anything of. No. Um, I've I've no idea what we did in that year. It's really um, I don't know where I was. I was there. They they told me I was there, <laughs> but um, I wasn't really. Um, I don't know, but the first, like in that case, you're right. The first vintage, which I like remember, <laughs> was mm. actually 2005. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, well, the good, the good thing and the huge, huge help was that um, our like winery or production manager is with us since '87. So okay. he is really like the the constant fact, and he trained our our cellar master, who's with us now, also 12 years. Um, he he learned from him, and I learned more or less everything from him. But he did it in a in an extremely like sensitive way again because he was um, well open minded as like a, a grown up man to yeah. like um, 
bring the the little girl into the world without like um, telling her what to do, but explaining me and then letting me decide, giving me options and letting me decide, yeah. which was extremely smart. Um, so he was really like the, or he is still like the man. Some sort of backbone. Yes. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. How has you? How have you? How has you evolved as a winemaker since then? And, and how has your brewer evolved as a as a well, wine house since um, then? Because I've never been working together with my father, I can't really say that I've changed no. this and that because I haven't experienced it before. I was, um, and I haven't ha- also, it's often when there's the new generation coming into the winery that they do things like extremely different because they want to like bring their handwriting mm. to it. But um, there was nobody from the old generation in the moment when I stepped in. No. So um I was um, in the position to, I tried to understand and to learn what he did without like questioning it or mm. uh, without like seeing it in this like rebel way. I was more like questioning if it makes sense in general, but yeah. not like with this, I have to change it. No, no, um, no. I mean, so, it was good, good from, from the start. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, yeah. for sure. But sometimes things happen. I mean, it could be uh, due to um, climatic changes yes. and whatever well, things. Well, things, for sure, yeah. we, we adapt and we try to we try to, to get better and, um, and focus um Maybe a bit more on like on the vineyard since we have changed um, from from conventional winemaking to organic winemaking. So you have to you spot the vineyards in a different way, mm. and maybe also because I'm not like that experienced or patient as he was. We um, have like a like a different um, feeling for, of course, the picking moments, uh, the way we select. I kind of like copied from him because that's where we have been working together yeah. because. Yeah. I've done that with him before but also when it comes to to the blending of the final wines it's like three characters that do the blend together it's me my cellar master and my uh, my winery manager and of course if if you change one person it's a it is a it is a change yeah, but it's yeah. um we we still try to um well we we're we're not fancy with new ideas every year we just try to get better with what we do and being um traditional is i think something quite um no, well, relaxing in a positive way. It gives you a lot mm. of safety if you yeah. if you follow a tradition, but still try to make it a bit more precise and 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 well better with every vintage. Yeah, but how how would you describe uh, to to someone who hasn't uh, if, if if there is, is someone who hasn't tasted oh. your your Broy wine? Uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how would you describe this sort of the the characteristics of of, of your wine style? Uh, well, I would say the, the, it's very pure Riesling from stony terroir. So it's um, it's not about like super fruity, loud wines. It's a bit more about the about the purity and the freshness and Riesling as a variety, which carries a lot of acidity and brings um, a lot of uh, structure, but without being fat. Mm. So it, it's it's more about a line in a wine and not about like huge shoulders in the no. first go. Uh, yeah. And do you have s- s- specific 
winemaking philosophy as well? Oh, well, trying to do the best. Okay, yeah, as simple <laughs> no, as that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, we, we pay a lot of attention to our vineyard. So that's for sure the base for every great wine is to have fantastic grapes. Mm. Um, you're not uh, improving anything in the cellar if you have bad grape material. Right. So um, we're very strict with that. We, have, we, we work on quite low yields to get a concentration from the fruit on. And uh, we're very um, sensitive in like the decision of what we bring home. So we just work for all the dry wines with 100% healthy fruit, no overripe fruit. I try to like find the moment where you have the the, the freshness and the, the pure taste mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. the, the overloaded taste. Um, and then we actually... Um, there's not like a, like a routine sheet because our winery is um, due to the fact that we're in the middle of the village and uh, work in quite old facilities. Um, we're very limited in, in techniques and um, we do very old-fashioned winemaking, but it always depends a little bit on, on the vintages since the, the harvest periods have been very different in weather the last year. If the fruit comes in in a too warm temperature mm-hmm. or in a warm temperature, we don't have a chance to cool it down. No. So we have to proceed them in a different way way than in a vintage where it's like cold temperature so we always try to adapt um, without like changing the whole world but we try to adapt the best, best possible way and we um, we don't do a lot of things in the cellar we just um, well we use for a lot of wines traditional old barrels which of course give a special touch to a wine and, yeah. and also in their lifeline and um, we're very um, well laid back in the cellar. I have seven people working in the fields and one guy in the cellar, so that okay. explains already <laughs> yeah, quite yeah. a lot about the the work where yeah. it is done. Yeah, yeah. natural evolvement and, and, yes. and time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But what, what can you tell us about uh, these uh, latest two vintages, the 14 and 15? Well, they were different, <laughs> very different. <laughs> um, 14 was definitely, um, well... 
I think a vintage where every winemaker has like bad memories too, like the last moments <laughs> when. Uh, well, we picked the grapes. Now, 14 was, um, it started with a super mild winter that, um, well, had played a big role, which nobody was like thinking of in that moment. But we had also a very early start of spring and everything developed like ahead of average, um, mm. uh, which is not, happens. It's not really a huge problem. But um, the summer was more on the dry side. And then we had some quite heavy rainfalls in the late, um, well, September days. Mm. Um, but because of the early start, that was already a stage where the grapes were more or less ready to pick. So the, the skins were quite soft, but mm. because of the lack of water in summer, the the vines actually like took all the water they could get in those like heavy rainfalls so there was um, more water um, that the berries could actually like take uh -huh. so what happened is due to the soft skins is that they split uh -huh. so um, that is always not so nice but then what happened was that all the insects that um, were like in a much bigger population than in normal years because of the mild winter yes. um, really appreciated the open uh, doors <laughs> of all these berries um, and there were a lot of fruit flies that actually um, well, found their home in, in berries and um, that caused a lot of like vinegar infected um, oh. rotness um, which means you have to throw it away yeah. um, and you can't do anything no sweet wines no, no. so um, we lost a lot of Crop due due to the fact that it was um, just a bad rottenness and yeah. like insect infections and stuff, so uh, we throw it away like thirty percent in average. Um, just Quite like in the last yeah. yes mm. and and of course not to leave more um, it speeded up the whole picking process mm. quite a lot because with every day you wait longer of course you get a little bit more ripeness on the healthy grapes but if there's a day where there's no healthy grape no. left no, no, over yeah. there's no need to wait <laughs> so it's be, everything was a bit faster then I see and uh, 14... But, yeah, well, were you, are you happy with, with the way, way well, the wines came out? Yes, yeah. yeah, we were. We were um, a bit skeptic at the mm. beginning because, of course, when you have these, um, like, memories of this quite, like, awful-looking rottenness, mm. um, you forget about the beautiful grapes that you actually bring home. Um, but there were a lot of beautiful grapes, but you totally, like, forget about it. Um, so we were, like, skeptic when we did the first cellar tastings, but because we've been so strict in our selection, actually the results uh, were pretty clear and, yeah. and, and fine and delicate wines and very inviting wines. And, um, well, that was surprising <laughs> for us. <laughs> but, um, no, we, we are happy. Um, it's uh, I think it's a very pure and beautiful collection, also due to the fact that we haven't had them like hanging that long out in, oh. in in the last weeks they have a beautiful freshness and they they're tight but not like um green or, or oh, anything no. so uh, yeah we we are surprisingly happy <laughs> good yes <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, what about 15 well 15 was um yeah <laughs> hot and dry really uh, yeah I heard that in Scandinavia the summer was not the most beautiful no, summer it ever was, it was sort of horrible but so it, just come it, to Germany next always, time yeah. <laughs> no it was um, it was super dry and really really hot it was mm. the the hottest summer um, 
like uh, since the the weather data is like collected wow. so even hotter than 03 and 06 which were leading before um and very very dry which was not really a big problem in the in the very steep vineyards because they are more used to that dryness but in the flatter vineyards you could see that the vines were actually like, struggling and the leaves were getting a bit weaker mm. and they they missed water um but what happened um end of september and the whole october was that um, everybody was like afraid of like super high sugar levels and acidity that will just like disappear in the last weeks of ripeness but then october really uh, saved our our equality in a just like crazy way it was um really like the golden october that you could wish if you oh. could wish for for weather during harvest it was last year it was beautiful sunny but not too warm days and very very cold nights oh. very windy which is great because then the humidity has no chance really to to, to like exactly. develop rottenness. So October was outstanding. And um, yeah, due to that fact, it was, uh, well, really, really nice. And we had like good acidity levels, um, good ripeness as well, a little bit of botrytis, but good quality botrytis mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we could select out and, and bring home to, to make some like light sweet wines. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess at the end, um, everybody is like super overwhelmed about this like enormous summer and then hot and warm temperatures um, and the beautiful October. But I think to be honest, um, it was stress for the vineyards, which the good vineyards take in a very good way. I think they will be really, really good. Um, I think the basic wines will be good. I just hope that the, the middle segment um, oh, yeah. will like survive that mm. stress that it has. But um, we will see. We'll see. But did you harvest... Uh, earlier than uh, like 15 than, than you usually do mm, because of the warm summers yeah we started but these um the the cold nights actually slowed down the process so mm. we we started a bit early and were kind of like ready to go but then it was still this like hmm well why not waiting a little bit longer okay um because it was really like a like a break end of september which is good for mm. for the development so um we were picking like for five weeks um which is pretty uh, pretty good um it's just always that it's like okay should we wait should, should we wait should we go will it change but the weather was really constant so mm. we, we could wait nice. a bit longer nice. yeah. Um, also, you, you usually uh, you're letting contemporary artists uh, make the labels for for the Berg Schlossberg mm-hmm. wine, uh, and and this year uh, it's a Swedish artist oh, called yes. Karin Mamma Andersson. Oh yes. How come? How did <laughs> why did you choose her? How did that process? Well, um, I, I, it always happens. There's mm. not really um, I, well, I I really like art, but I'm not really into art I don't really know anything I just like appreciate and enjoy mm-hmm. it um, but uh, yeah in that case it was kind of a lucky coincidence her husband Jokum Nordström he made um, the the label in 2004 so 10 years before and um, well, we stayed in touch and, and met each other here mm-hmm. and there when I, when I was in, in Stockholm and um, well, she uh, she was actually like super positive and um, said, "Yeah, well, why? Well, do you want me to do to do one?" And yeah. um, then we said, "Yes, yeah, sure." And uh, we were thinking about it already like a few years before, but um, we thought it would be nice to have this like ten year period yeah, in between. Yeah. And um, she, well, the whole family more or less came to us last summer and she, she visited the vineyards and like experienced um, where our home, where we are, what we do with the wines, how we treat the wines and the vineyards. And um, 
yeah, the result is on the bottle now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how that um, usually you just uh, yeah you 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 pick an artist and, and let them do yes. whatever they want. Yeah. Basically. yeah, yeah. We're not picking and picking an artwork, which um, I think I honestly couldn't do. It's like no. you you're putting such a character on a bottle with like the 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 art that you put on the label, mm. and I think it it would be really tough for me to to find an artwork that is describing what is in the bottle, but. Because the artists, they um, they all have to love wine somehow because it's an, always an exchange art, well, art for wine, wine yeah, for yeah, art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so there's no like, uh, there's no salary, there's no amount paid for the painting. Oh. Um, so there must be some like um, love for wine, but still, they're not no professionals and they they uh, well take it in a completely different way mm. and they um, express their their feelings they had when they visit us in such a such a nice way that it's always. Um, the result that comes out is always super different and like unexpected for us, but always matches the wine somehow yeah. in a very very cool way. So it's um, it worked out very well. And in this case, how how does it match? What what, what does the uh, it, because it is fourteen? Yes. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah, it's fourteen that is released now. Yeah. We always give what the can wine. You say about the the fourteen Berg Schlossberg. About the label. No, yeah, about, about the label, the about the wine. Yeah. Well, um, the wine is. Um, Still silent, which is which is good. It's um, it needs time when you when you have it in the glass. You need to like uh, give it a little bit of time, be patient, and it will open up. And it's um, it's not a loud one, which is like not untypical for our wines. But it's always I'm very happy when they're not too loud when they're young because mm-hmm. it shows their potential to to develop an age. And um, it has a little bit of a like a, like a spicy roughness, but also fruit components it's tight but um but not like um not edgy it's not like oh. a like a fist in the face wine it's um yeah it has a kind of like an allergens uh, yeah. yeah and and the label is some um, but well, there's a hair on the label which is at the first moment, I was like, "Wow, okay, what does she want to tell us with that one?" But actually, there's um, <laughs> there's a quite a logical connection. It's um, it's made by uh, like out of, of wood print, so it's like different layers of a wood mm-hmm. print that she did, and um, she wanted to um, do, there is a castle in Schlossberg, so that's why the the Schlossberg is called Schlossberg. Yeah. But and the first girl, she wanted to like show the castle, but then she said, "Oh, that's actually too obvious and too boring." But she was like attracted about the idea. Of all these like middle age uh, developments in the area, and it was a very important time in those days. And the hair was a symbol for um, well for 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 life in in the middle age. Oh, so okay, okay. and for for things developing and and for well it was um it was a sign for for strength. Mm. And um, she then thought, okay, that could that could be nice. And it's about nature, and it's about uh, there are animals everywhere, and it, the forest is closed, and it's like. Like, um, there, there is a connection in so many different ways. So yeah, yeah. it ended up to be a hair. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, why, yeah. why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? And it looks really, really beautiful on the bottle. The yeah, I've seen nice. pictures of it. It really yeah. looks great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you, you are traveling sort of all the time you're traveling a lot <laughs> I'm traveling a lot but yeah. not, all not all the time I have my periods okay. um, like spring of course is always an, a good period to travel because it's like not like I'm not needed in the winery every no. day and also there's always a new vintage to present that time of the year exactly. so I'm busy traveling between I would say middle of February until June mm. but 
I'm still home in between. Yeah. And um, for example, this week we have, I, I came, I was on vacation for a few days and we did uh, one blend tasting on Monday and, and now I'm here on Wednesday. So it's, um, there's always enough time to like do the important stuff at yeah. home in yeah. between. What do you do in your spare time when you're not traveling or working in the winery? Do you have, do you have spare time? Yeah, of course. Mm. Um, but it's um, sometimes also like tough to um, to say that the working time is working time and spare time is spare time. It's yeah. like when I'm opening a bottle of wine in the evening, it's spare time, but we're still talking about a wine. So it's um, and when I'm when I'm here and having a great like dinner with customers, it's not really working time. So no. it's. Um, I think if you it's a way of life it's a way of life mm. yes mm. and um, but still there is like um, there are periods where I'm I don't know doing sports and I'm in the mountains or mm. like, do climbing or stuff like that um, but it's um, it never feels like working hours that I have to do and then like make a cut and and, and have free time oh. but it's um, well I love to be outside I love to to have the nature around and um, I love to drink wine and yeah. I love to sleep as well. Oh, sleep. Sleep oh, that's, that's nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, one last question then. Um, the future for your Breuer, what, what, are you, are you um, planning on any, anything special for the next five or ten years? Some some new range, ranges or, or yeah, well, whatever? We're not really um, thinking of like changing our, our portfolio or anything. Um, at the moment, we're like uh, in process of doing some bigger construction works in our winery, which will like gather, I think, a lot of energy the next like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the middle of the town in like two different places, 100 meters away from each other. Um, and we hope to like bring it together to one spot, oh. which is uh, not that easy because we're in the middle of the town and Germany loves to have a lot of like regulations and stuff. <laughs> so uh, we're uh, still waiting for the allowance to do all what we want. But um, then we will um, like just modernize our our cellar a little bit. Um, doesn't mean that we want to like get hyper modern, but we will just um, like well come back to the standards. Yeah, I would yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like a big project um, that we will do. Just uh, that I kind of like see as my like generation, well, challenge to mm-hmm. to like bring that into like a proper way since we've been focusing on the vineyards a lot the last 10 years so it's time to to clear the home now and um no we try to get better we try to to get more precise to if there's a chance to take over more top vineyards we're happy to but we're not like trying to get bigger and bigger um well we just want to get a bit more precise yeah, yeah, continue the the work you're, yeah. you're, you're doing. Yeah, yeah being happy. <laughs> doing great wine. Well, thank you very much for taking the time with this interview and have a lovely rest of your stay in Sweden. I'm sure I will. Thank you. Great. Thank Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.